Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. And for you Western Dubuque Bobcats fans, do we have an exciting episode for you? Joining us in a couple minutes via the Genuine Landscape and Design Hotline is head coach of the Bobcats, Coach Casey Bryant. For the first time in program history, the Western Dubuque Bobcats won the Mississippi Valley Conference, but boy, they are not done yet. The 3A defending champs, they are hungry for more. Coach Bryant will be popping in here shortly to recap the regular season, talk about the substate run, and also give us a little preview of the state tournament without giving us too much information. This episode and this season of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast would not be possible if it was not for the great sponsors of this podcast. The New Eagle Group, also Nolan Weber Insurance, Dugout Sports, Train, where the pros train in Iowa, Genuine Landscape and Design, and lastly, Fully Distributing. Batter up, here comes Coach Bryant of the Western Dubuque Bobcats. Joining us via the Genuine Landscape and Design Hotline is head coach of the Western Dubuque Bobcats, Casey Bryant, who are coming off a conference championship and are returning back to the state tournament and are the defending champs. Coach, I was looking at your season before you popped on, and one thing that your team is different than the other teams in the area that made it to state is each team kind of had a slide or had a rough patch and then they really turned it on. But Western Dubuque didn't have a slide. Your longest losing streak this year was two games and it was two close games to uh, a ranked Pleasant Valley team. And how did the Bobcats stay consistent throughout the year? Well, I think one thing that really helps us is um, we have six six pitchers that we believe in that can keep us in ball games, uh, and we hit up and down the lineup. Um, if you can hit up and down the lineup, throw throw a lot of strikes, and play good solid defense behind it, uh, you shouldn't have a lot of ongoing losing streaks. You mentioned you have great pitching. If you had to pick one of the phases of the game that you feel the Bobcats do the best, whether it be hitting, pitching, or defense, you could only pick one. Which one would you choose and why? I'd pick hitting um, because when we've played really solid uh, opponents that have their ace on the mound, um, we've had good nights. We've been good at the plate. And uh, there are very few times we've had less than, I think we've had three games this year that I can think of where we we only had four or five hits. Um, The rest of the games were usually seven to 15 to 20 hits. So um, I guess over the course of the season, I would probably say our hitting has been one of our strengths. Looking at your hitting coach, you have three guys, regular players, that are hitting 
over 400. And then you have two guys that regularly play who are hitting 350. And then Hunter Quigliano hitting at 315. Describe the makeup of your lineup. What are your thoughts when putting the lineup together? I know baseball philosophies changed a little bit. You used to put your best hitter three and then your run producer four. And it seems like that's moved up. And now you put your best hitter second and then your biggest run producer third to get them more at bats throughout the game. So describe uh, your lineup and describe some of the guys that are in that lineup and, and what they provide to the Bobcats. Yeah, we, we have a, a pretty set formula with putting a lineup together and this is what it looks like. Um, athletes nine, one, two, and hopefully three. <laughs> um, boppers four five six and hopefully seven grinder in the eight hole uh, sometimes two grinders seven eight and um so you get your athletes on base you bop them in and, and then the guys on base or, or the guys behind it are responsible for grinding out at bats going deep in the count fouling off pitches moving runners um and hopefully squeezing in some hits as well I want to talk about some of your offensive leaders. I'm going to mention them and tell us a little bit about them. What are some of the first thoughts that pop into your mind? So being an Oakland A's fan, the Bash Brothers, I am a fan of the long ball. Hunter Quigliano led your team with four home runs. He was a guy that is making his first appearance on the varsity roster. He also was tied for the team lead in RBIs with Brett Harris at 39. So give us a little bio here on Hunter and the hard work that he put in leading into this season to be one of your statistical leaders on the offensive side. Well, Hunter has always had enormous talent. This is, this is no surprise to us that he's having a great season. Um, he, um, he tried out for varsity as a freshman in a varsity scrimmage, uh, put one off the wall. And so we knew he could hit. Uh, he's always had tremendous power. Uh, big, strong linebacker and football team. Um, has really worked hard to to reach the varsity level. He had to buy in and, and commit to playing defense. And he really worked hard uh, within the last year to, to make that happen. He also became more athletic, got faster. Uh, and that's a, tr that's a tribute to his work in the weight room and, and our strength and agility coaches. Um, he, he really has made himself a complete baseball player, and, and that's why he's a big part of our team this year. Brett Harris was mentioned as well. We know he recently committed to Old Miss. He is tied for the team lead in RBIs with 39. Had a great year on the mound. I didn't know coming in until I saw he picked up the win that he was a pitcher, was 4-2 and two on the mound, ERA of 1.76. Doing it as a freshman, tell us about Brett and the work ethic that he's had. And, you know, last year he started as an eighth grader. And you know kids are going to get bigger, faster, stronger, but he's gotten a lot better. How, how did that happen? Well, normal development plus hard work plus makeup, mental makeup um, equals development for him. I mean, it's pretty much that simple. He's, he's not going to quit working. Um, 
he's he's got bear claws for hands, so he's got some he's got some <laughs> genetics going for him. Um, he's he's got a natural knack. He has a little bit more pop at his age than than Calvin did back then. Um, but he, he's his own man. He's got a completely different game than Calvin does, um, and his arm strength has has increased even throughout this season. You know, this winter we had him at uh, you know 80, 82 tops. And right now, that's where he sits. He sits 80, 82, and he's hitting at 84, 85 at times. Crazy to think he still has quite a few years in in your program. Now, we got to talk about the speedsters at the top of the lineup. We have Caleb Klein, who recently committed to play for the national runner-up at the JUCO level, Southeastern. And then we have Jake Goodman, who has just been a pest on the base passes. Jake Goodman has stolen 15 bases on the year, and Caleb Klein has stolen 20 bases on the year. I'm assuming those are your athletes that hit one and two, correct? Uh, Yeah, Caleb hits third, um, and Jake hits first. And then also you can add Colton McElrath in there at the, as the nine-hole hitter that's got some speed, too. I think he's got 13 or 14 stolen bases as well. So, yeah, those are our, those are our guys that we like to, we like to move them. And uh, Caleb is tremendously fast, covers a lot of ground in center field, um, really is aggressive on the base pass, um, does a good job of reading pitchers. So yeah, those those athletes at the top kind of set the tone for us when they get on base and and uh, are tough on pitchers. Uh, that makes us go. Coach, one podcast I really got into when I started the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast was uh, suggested to me by Cascade Coach Roman Hummelin. It's called the Moonlight Graham Show. And no, they did not pay for this uh, promotion, but they take athletes that were the underdogs like Moonlight Graham was from the movie Field of Dreams. I'm all about a big underdog story. Who are some of those guys on your team that came in this year, may have tried out for varsity, or they were an unknown? You weren't sure what you were going to get from them, and they just provided a spark, whether it be a spark on the bases or a spark on the pitching staff or just a great teammate that just picks up all the guys around them? Well, we have, we have a lot of them. Um, you know, we lost a tremendous senior class last year. And, you know, at the end of the year, I had so many people say, geez, you guys aren't going to be as good next year. Uh, and I just have a lot of confidence in our JV coach. Uh, last year it was Hunter Westoff, and, and this year it's Mike Cook. Our JV coaches are, are really important in our program. They develop our JV kids that are, you know, varsity reserves, just aren't quite ready to make an impact at the varsity level, but still love the game and, and want to get there. Um, Braden Delaney, Connor Myers, Hunter Quagliano, um, even Tanner Anderson from our sophomore level who had Coach Goodman. Um, those guys really worked hard in the offseason. You know, Tanner and Hunter really improved on the defensive side of things. Uh, Connor Myers uh, helped us on the mound this year. He's got he's probably got the most armed talent on our team right now. And also became a great uh, run producer for us, batting in the five-hole. So, yeah, we, we've had a, a number of great stories as far as underdogs go. 
Um, none of those guys played significantly varsity in his last year. Connor pitched for us a little bit. Colton uh, McElrath is another big underdog story. You know, he, he started about a dozen games for us last year when our shortstop was hurt. Um, and we, so we, we saw a great thing, but he worked really hard to become a little more athletic uh, and has really um, tightened the ship up defensively for us at shortstop. So really those five guys really stepped up and took another leap forward development-wise uh, to help us be the team we are today. Coach, I would not be doing my job if we did not talk about Conference Player of the Year, Isaac Fain. So last year, he was my Player of the Year in the End of the Year Awards for the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I thought he should have been the TH, the Telegraph Herald, Player of the Year as well. But what can you tell us about Isaac? He's hitting 430. He's... uh a doubles machine with 19. He's got one home run on the year. I know he's your ace, your number one. He's six and three on the mound. The other night against Mount Vernon, he struck out 11 hitters during that nail biter. So what can you tell him as, as a hitter, as a defender, as a pitcher, and then as a person? Well, I'll start with the person that he is. He's just a great kid. Uh, He's got an infectious smile, um, very committed to baseball. He's going to play at Platteville next year. And, um, you know, he's, he's been one of our leaders the last two years. He's one of our team captains. Um, offensively, he's just been on a tear. Um, there are games where he doesn't miss a barrel the entire game. So um, Isaac is a there's, – there's no amount of velocity – that bothers him. I'm in throwing 92, 93, and, and he's going to put a barrel on it. Um, he hits it to all fields. Um, he's just very hard to defend. Um, pitching wise, you know, his three losses were to Kennedy, Cedar Rapids Prairie, and Pleasant Valley. And Prairie and Pleasant Valley were one run losses. So, you know, people are like, geez, what's wrong with Isaac? You know, he had to change his mechanics a little bit during the year to get a little more bite on his curveball and, and get his arm feeling better. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with Isaac. You know, those four eight teams will beat a lot of good pitchers. Um, his last four outings have been lights out. He's a quality pitcher, uh, and he's he's kind of our horse. You know, when, he, when he's on, we're really hard to beat. Let's talk about your pitching staff. Ryan Klosterman, 7-0. Isaac Thane, 6-3. Tanner Anderson, 6-1. Clayton Lindecker, 6-1. Brett Harris, 4-2. Jake Goodman, 2-0. Connor Myers, 2-2. There's not a single person on that staff with a losing record. You mentioned earlier that you have six pitchers that you can throw out and you have all the confidence in the world that they're going to pick up the win for you. Tell us about some of those guys there, and and it looks like they almost push each other, and they don't they don't want to be the guy that that um, continues that losing streak. We talked earlier how you had it um, two two game losing streaks that they're almost all the stoppers when it comes to when the Bobcats struggled there for a couple of games in a row. But tell us a little bit about your pitching staff. 
Well, those guys worked extremely hard. You know, we, we have a 12-week off-season program in January, and, and all six guys were there working their tail off for us all, all winter long to, to have a season like this. Um, you know, Clayton uh, Lindecker, and the one thing I'm proud of with my pitching self is these guys get up on the mound and they work fast. The ball is coming. You better be, you better be in the box, and you better be dug in because it's coming. There's not going to be uh, – I have no human rain delay pitcher. Okay, They're all going to get up on the hill. They're going to work fast, so our defense wants to play for them. They're going to throw strikes. And, you know, when they're when those guys are getting off speed over, they're all very, very effective. You know, Brett is miles ahead of his age as far as being a pitcher. He can throw three pitches for a strike. Um, and his velocity is coming, boys. It's, it's coming. Um, he's he's getting stronger and stronger. Uh, Clayton Lindecker has a lights out slider. Uh, it's hard to hit. Uh, if you don't prepare for it a lot, you're going to struggle with it. And he's a strike thrower. He's not going to walk people. Um, he's had a great season. Connor Myers has been our full count Freddie. He's he struggled a little bit with his control, but he he gets a handle on it enough to be effective and, and go deep in games. And, and his losses were to really good teams as well. So uh, Connor can really shut teams down, especially if you have an aggressive hot team. Uh, he's a good, good guy to throw because his his slider is lights out, uh, and he's got plus velocity. And when you get his changeover, he's very complete. Um, Klosterman, he's kind of my goofball in the bunch. Uh, great kid, love him to death. Um, he wants to be a starter because he loves to pitch. And if you notice, he's had the most outings of anybody. Uh, he's a pitcher only, and it just keeps him involved and, and, and more energized. Uh, but we like bringing him in in relief because he'll get up there and go after people. He's not going to lose a game because he's wild. Uh, and if he does, you know he's not himself. Um, you know, Jake Goodman, uh, talent-wise, is in our top two, three guys. Uh, we, we were using him earlier in the year to close a little bit. Um, we try not to overuse him because he's so darn good on defense. He covers so much ground at second base. I try not to use him unless we're really desperate and need to close down a game. Um and he's just he's very good defensively. So it, it's it hurts us defensively to, to lose him. Um Tanner Anderson's a sophomore that came up completely at the beginning of the year. I knew him, but as far as anyone else in our community, no one really knew how far he was gonna be able to go. Uh he was very effective. Uh, he he's got plus um, arm velocity for a kid his age. And he's got a nice frame. If he continues to put on weight and, and work at it, he's going to be a hard thrower next year for us. So uh, he had a great season for us as well. Looking so at all good, all good kids, and they all they had really good seasons. And looking at Ryan Klosterman's stats and how you used him last year, he is playoff ready. He was always, it seemed to me, watching games last year, he was first guy in after the starter or when your starter was getting close to the pitch count number where – you would not be able to use them in the next game. He came in and he shut teams down. I do want to ask you before we start looking at the state bracket, I want to ask you about the community. Western Dubuque is one of the smaller schools in the Mississippi Valley Conference. And of the six teams that I cover, 
one of the smaller schools, but yet you guys have the most kids out for baseball. You have a varsity program, you got a JV program, you got a sophomore program. You had two freshman teams this year and talking to the coaches and talking to some of the parents that sounded like you could have had three freshman teams and all three freshman teams would have been very competitive. So what's that say about the Western Dubuque Community School District and just the love for baseball that spans that whole area and how you're getting 90 kids out to play baseball? Well, it's, it's a great problem to have. Um, and when I say problem, you got to find playing time for 90 kids. And so um, we found some creative ways. We don't cut anyone. So everyone's welcome. Uh, I guess I view my role as a varsity coach, uh, first and foremost, to develop good citizens for our community. And um, you know, now I'm starting to see some of the children of some of my former players, which is kind of cool and unique and scary at the same time. Um, but <laughs> we don't have any, anybody, if somebody loves baseball, they're going to have a home at Western Big Baseball, period. Doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter how big and strong you are, there's going to be a place for you. Now, when I say that, it may have to be on a B team. It may have to be, um, you know, developing and waiting for your body to grow at a lower level. Uh, but there is a place to play baseball. And um, it starts with our administration. Our superintendent was one of my sophomore coaches back in when he was younger. And so I know he's a baseball fan. Um, he's a West Dubuque fan first, but he's a baseball fan. And, and our athletic activities director was a former baseball coach, so that helps. Uh, baseball has just always been a big part of Dubuque County and, and always will be. Coach, uh, I'm glad you mentioned your athletic director, one of the best to work for as a coach I experienced. And then also I really enjoyed working for him as an official, whether it be basketball or baseball. And they're, they're going to have to make a new wing at the Western Dubuque High School, man. There are just banners and trophies coming in. Let's take a look at the substate bracket. Now, don't tip your hand. I'm not going to ask any questions where you might give too much away. But what do we know about Harlan community besides the fact that they – were the eight seed coming in with you guys being the one and that they are 22 and 14. What can you tell us about them? Well, they, they got off to a rough start this year um, and they really turned it on, kind of turned on the burners halfway through the year and have been playing pretty good baseball. Um, I can tell you growing up in Southwest Iowa, uh, these, those kids will compete like crazy. Um, they looked the apart. They're athletic. Uh, they have great athletes. They have big kids. They're big and strong, uh, have a little pop in the bat, and um, well-coached. You know, coach Stein is a fabulous coach. does a really good job with them. So, um, you know, seating really doesn't matter. Everybody's throwing their best pitcher, and uh, it's, it's going to be a dogfight. Now, I know that during this time, your phone is ringing off the hook, and I've been there when I was on some varsity staffs. Coaches are calling coaches and getting scouting reports, getting spreadsheets. Now, your possible second-round matchup could be against Wallert Catholic. Have you called Coach Tischer and asked him for a scouting report on his team? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I could probably fill out his lineup for him. Uh, we know each other well enough. I don't think there's going to be much scouting needed in, in that regard. Uh, but Coach Tischer and I did have a conversation about sharing with other people about each other. We are uh, tight-knit in Dubuque County, and we are not going to be sharing information on two Waller's opponents on Waller. They're going to have to find it other places. And I'm pretty sure Coach Fitch is, Tish is going to do that for us as well. We are rooting for each other until we play. And it's interesting because as soon as I hang up the phone with you, I am connecting with Coach Tisher. Coach Brian, I'm going to say something that I don't think you're going to like, and I don't think the Western Dubuque community is going to like, but I believe there is one team that can beat you guys. Do you know who that might be? Well, right now I'm just worried about Harlan. So there's, there's, there is a strategy to beat us. We have a kryptonite. Um, I'm not going to give those trade secrets out, but it's not going to be a team that throws hard. Let's just put it that way. If there's a team that can beat us, and there's there's been a lot of teams try, if there's a team that can beat us, it's not going to be a kid that comes in and throws 85 miles an hour to 90 miles an hour. We'll hit them. We will beat that kid. I promise you. We train for that all year. That is not a problem. That's when we're at our best. It will be a kid that throws junk and garbage, and, and they have to do a lot of other things besides that. But um, at this point – in the season, any game can be the end of the season because all these teams are good, and if you don't respect one of them, you're going to get beat. Coach, I was going to say, just so I can give a shout-out to the softball team, I think the only team that can beat the Western Dubuque baseball team is the Western Dubuque softball team. So do they have a junk ball or a riser that they could throw to, to shut you guys down? Oh, I promise you, we couldn't hit the <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Western Dubuque softball team as well for advancing to the state tournament. Coach, you have any final words before I kick you out of here and wish you luck on your second state championship run? Nick, I just only I just want to say thanks so much for all that you do um, for baseball in Dubuque County. Um, just finding a, a, another media outlet. Um, is, is awesome, an opportunity for our kids to get showcased and, and spread the good news about the good things that are happening here. You do a fabulous job, and always, always uh, happy to be a part of your program. Coach, thanks for coming on, and don't forget to check out the Western Dubuque Bobcats Monday at Dwayne Banks Field at 5 o'clock facing Harlan Community. 643, we're out of here. Our next sponsor is Tyler Ernson, owner and operator of Genuine Landscape and Design. They continue to be the trusted go-to landscape and lawn care company of the tri-state baseball community. Whether it's regular lawn maintenance, a retaining wall, or a complete landscape makeover, they are always glad to help get your property looking pristine. As of last summer, they have become a licensed nursery located at 16109 Root Lane in Holy Cross, Iowa, carrying a wide variety of natives, trees, perennials, and other nursery favorites. 
Check them out on their website at GenuineLandscapeAndDesign.com or on Facebook. Phone number is 563-581-1052. This year they will also be carrying a handful of field maintenance supplies as well, such as Kentucky Bluegrass Sod, Clay, and Field Conditioner. As proud sponsors of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, anyone who mentions they heard them through this podcast will receive 10% off their next service. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and also subscribe on Spotify.